Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, Action packed today, Casey, and uh, we got to really get rolling. Uh, Valley first interview this week with Stephanie Stanley, longtime uh, BC winemaker, now working out of Aurora's Peak Cellar. Sellers in uh, Lake Country. We'll catch up with Stephanie. Uh, Sean Everest joins us. Remember Sean, who was uh, in the winery business at Tinhorn Creek, uh, looking after finances. He's a realtor. Casey, do you want to buy a house in the Okanagan? At least one, Tony. Okay, we're going to find out how and where and when you should do that. Uh, we're joined also by Mark Sheridan, president of Hester Creek Winery, to talk about uh, Trebbiano and old vines. Do you know how old the vines are there, Casey? At least 50 years. You got it. You got it. My age, Tony. <laughs> Way to go. And we'll wrap up the show with Stuart Hart, our home away from home, the Watermark Beach Resort. Big news from the Watermark, Casey. Yes, a new restaurant. I can't wait. Okay, all that and more coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz is taking some time to refresh and renew for the upcoming season. Renovations are underway at the restaurant, but takeout is still available seven days a week. Book now for spring and summer travel to avoid disappointment and discover the South Okanagan good life at the Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tony Holler, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. We have a large wine club, and I think it's really important. Wine clubs are important because they're your best ambassador. You know, they're going to somebody's house for a dinner party, and they're bringing your wine, right? And then they talk about your wine, and a lot of them are so passionate about it. You know, it's exactly what I, as the owner, would do, but they're wine club members, and they're doing it for me. Join the club and take advantage. Become a member at poplargrove.ca. It's true. Something great did come out of 2020. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery invites you to join the Boucherie Wine Club and experience first access to their fabulous spring releases, including the previously sold-out Rosé, Riesling, and Mount Bubbles. And that's not all. With your new Wine Club membership, enjoy complimentary tastings, exclusive access to events, and the best seats in the house at the Modest Butcher Kitchen. For more details and to sign up online, visit mtboucherie.com. And now, a BC Food & Wine Radio Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented with the generous support of the agribusiness financial specialists at Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. Well, our guest today is Stephanie Stanley. She's a very well-known British Columbia winemaker uh, and has been around for some time. But we wanted to catch up with her and talk a bit about her story today. 
starting with Stephanie, this I didn't know about you. Uh, I knew you went to Brock University, but I had I did not know that you uh, were the top graduate in your class that year, and you won the President's Medal in 2003. Congratulations on that. Well, thank you very much. I didn't realize that was still coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important. She can't uh, be that age, Tony. Yeah. Oh, it's not that No, I can't ago. be. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was reading this week uh, about uh, a famous person in the wine business who had a glass of wine, and that got him going. Did you? How did you get started? I mean, you went to school. You went to wine school. What, what drove you in that direction in the beginning? Um, it was actually a, a direction in science that I was studying in university. And after my second year, when you come into your third year, you need to sort of pick a specialty if you don't want to just do a general science. And I honestly had no idea where where to take that. So I actually took some time off and I went to Germany and worked in a restaurant there in a wine region for six months. And it was after I returned from that that I kind of made the connection with wine and science behind fermenting stuff. So um, and, and with my passion for languages and I love to travel, I figured wine can take me around the world. So it was kind of just a shoe in. It just all came together. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. ultimately it has taken you all around the world too, which is kind of nice. So you, you came back and you went to work, uh, for Andrew Peller. I, mean, I know you worked with Howard soon. Howard worked with a number of, uh, different winemakers, mostly women in those days, which was unusual. Uh, how was that when you started out? To, was it a, was it an easy thing to do, or it was it was really easy because Howard is very uh, he likes to um, foster education and foster talent, and it was um, it was really great working with him. He's he's the reason I had originally um, come back from Ontario. I hadn't necessarily planned to come back to BC right away, but this opportunity um, presented itself, and it was too good to pass up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and over the years, it, it did seem like there was always a lot of women. But at the time when we were posting, it just it just came up with all the candidates we interviewed. It just seemed to be that the the women uh, in those rounds of interviews also seemed to be the best candidate at the time. So it was uh, yeah. nothing more than that. As much as we joke around that we were all Howard Angels, um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it was it was great as we grew, and then um, when Andrew when. We were purchased by Andrew Peller, and Karen Gillis joined the team and moved up from Port Moody, and then we hired John Gillier. So um, it was it was a really solid team there. Yeah. Our guest is Stephanie Stanley. She's uh, currently the winemaker at O'Rourke Peak Cellars in uh, Lake Country. Uh, I'm always interested in, in uh, the confidence factor in winemaking. Do, do you remember sort of the day that that just swept over you or that – or do you not feel confident yet or when you're making wine? Like, I know there's a point where you just say, okay, I get this, and then you can sort of get on with what you really want to do. Is that? Do you remember that moment? Well, it, it's funny because my first harvest um, with Howard, um, I, was re- I was fresh out of university, and I had been working for about a month, and then Howard was actually in California the, for um, a trip looking at wineries because we were looking at designing the Santa winery already back then. Mm-hmm. And so our first grapes were coming in the Sauvignon Blanc from the, from the Santa vineyard and he was in California. So it was, it was kind of just up to me. And he said, just talk to Emilio, our lead hand in the cellar. And he talked to me over the phone. So I, I didn't really have a choice choice, but to be anything but confident and, and just take what, take what I had learned and experienced from that short time at Brock and in the winery in on, in Ontario and just go with it. And yeah. 
you know, and I, I confidence builds it builds over time. Um, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp now on on what I'm doing, but that doesn't also mean that I'm not constantly challenged by my colleagues and discussions that we have. Positively challenged, right? I'm sure. constantly reviewing back to my old books and my notes and things like that just to refresh my memory on on things that I've learned, right? So, yeah. but from a confidence point of view, I think I think I've got it. <laughs> I'm wondering oh, if if Howard soon helped you with um, projecting wine into the future. Like I, it always amazes me how a winemaker can talk about he's making a wine and he's thinking about the wine maybe ten years down or fifteen years down the road. How does that happen? Well, you know, we we can't predict the future, but we can use our knowledge and our experiences and things. You know, use the knowledge that we have about what. What do we need to do? What are the different elements? Not that you have to combine them all, but what are the elements that we need to um, foster in our wines to give them that age-worthy, that, that ageability, you know, lower pH, um, good acidity, good, good structure, good sort of tannin color stability, um, sort of clean, healthy wines, not any high VA issues when you, when you bottle. So if, if you use that, knowledge about the the elements and, and you know the tools that we have to um to enhance all those you know a combination of a few of those elements that will give the wine that um that stability you can have some confidence that they will age well and and other wines are just made to be to drink useful like don't, you know we don't make them to lay them down but there's uh you know drink them in their youth but there's some like with some really beautiful well you know high acid well-structured rieslings um, even Gewurztraminer, I love really old Gewurztraminer, and and with reds, especially with Pinot Noir, you want to make sure you get a really good um, color stability with with tannins, whether that be from extra time on skins or whole cluster um, like stem fermentation. Um, so yeah, we we've got a lot of uh, knowledge in our wheelhouse to to attempt to do that, and um, it would be know, great if that. we could do that with a marriage. <laughs> That's a question. <laughs> hey, Stephanie, you then you, you took some time off after all that. You actually jumped back and forth, went back to New Zealand, which interests me because uh, they're so focused on cool climate, and now you've ended up in lake country. So here's the question. I mean, you made wine all over the Okanagan, but now you're pretty far north. So what have you taken away from New Zealand, and what are you taking up to uh, lake country and to... Uh, to Aurora's Peak Cellar, there. What are some of the things that you're you'll be uh, dealing with? One of the um, the New Zealand experience is where I, I got a lot of my I really got my my cellar skills under my feet. My um, prior experience at Andrew Peller, um, just with with the structure and the nature of of the workforce there, I was not actually able to work in the cellar, and I was finding you know not being a real part of the creating of the wines, just being hands on and being part of it. Um, I, I needed to I needed to switch gears. So New Zealand gave me that opportunity to to find my cellar feet, and uh, you know I quickly you know I learned I, I worked for a larger winery there, so there was a lot of um, my skills too with with management and training. But I you know I was learning a lot of stuff in the cellar, um, and, and different processes and things like that. Right. Yep. Um, so that's really what I've been able to translate up here now because I'm fully fully functional like 100% I've got I've got the cellar under control um, and being this far north what we what I've noticed and what's really cool um, because I'm used to working with more fruit from further south um, and hotter climates 
So what I love up here is that we are uh, a bit cooler and just with our soil type, but just a, a generally cooler season, we've got beautiful pH retention. We've got nice low acids. So our wines are, are brighter and fresher and just don't seem to quite, you know, creep into that borderline what you know what some people consider alcoholic range we've got we've got really beautiful balance overall we achieve yeah. beautiful um, flavor and maturity before we get sugar spikes um, so it's just a it's a really interesting site so uh, for our listeners maybe you could set the stage aurorics peak cellar there's going to be actually two wineries involved you're going to run uh, i guess are, are we calling it the aromatic side or just the wines that come out of aurorics peak cellars maybe you can just explain that to our listeners Sure. Yeah, so Peak Cellars um, are the the first winery that we've opened up here. Um, we were making all, all of the wines from our site. We've got about 100 acres planted to mainly sort of seven different varieties, mostly whites, and we've been making it all currently under the a Peak Cellars brand. But we have been working for a number of years, drilling our caves into the bedrock, and also this year was, last year was a big focus to get the production cellar ready. So up at the new site, which is about six kilometers north of us here along Cars Landing Road, we've got our, our new um, estate and uh, event center, if you will, um, that will be a, be a work family estate. So we're going to transition all of our Chardonnay and our Pinot Noir program, uh, multiple tiers, whether it's single box, single clone, um, barrel select. Wow. We're going to focus on a Chardonnay Pinot Noir program at the Rourke Family Estate, and I will um, and Nikki Calloway will be working on those wines uh, and running that program. And I will continue down here at Peak Cellars, focusing on an array of whites, our aromatic whites, so Gewurztraminer's Rieslings. We've also got um, a fairly large planting um, of Gruner Veltliner. Uh, that Austrian variety, and then yeah. some rosés and some different Pinot Gris. And I will continue with an adult Chardonnay here, and we'll transition to a red blend. It'll be a Gamay Noir, Pinot Noir-based red blend. So, wow, this sounds, this yeah, so sounds quite so exciting, great. Yeah. yeah, and within those varieties, because we're, we're noticing our site, you know, it went from being a, you know, we only planted about eight years ago, planting for polyboles. Uh, you know, the first three years was the most of the plantings, but we're finding most of our vines now have reached sort of young adulthood, right? You go through that toddler stage and then the teenager stage where there's, you know, up and down roller coasters and, and you know, tantrums, if you will. And now as young adults, our vines are starting to reach a bit of a, a stability and a maturity. And so we're really starting to find elements of, of each different block and site come into their own. And so we're, we're working with that and doing some really interesting things with the wines and, you know, releasing multiple versions of Rieslings. We've got a new Gewürztraminer this year. We've got two new Pinot Gris this year. So it's really to show people, you know, it's an expression of the site, but also to show the versatility of a variety and all the different mm-hmm. ways it can be expressed. And you can taste all of that here at, at in one winery. Yeah, in one experience. So we're we're speaking with Stephanie Stanley. She's the winemaker at Aurorics of Peak Cellars. Do you have any advice, Stephanie, for future winemakers based on your experiences? Yes, absolutely. Um, number one would be if you're fresh out of university and keen to learn, travel to as many countries around the world um, doing your winemaking experiences. Travel early rather than later. I I sort of tried to do uh, starting most of my traveling later in uh, uh, let's just say I was plus 30s and uh, <laughs> it was a lot more difficult to be able to get uh, work visas and things like that to, to try to work anywhere so um, New Zealand was actually what had worked out best for me I tried 
quite hard for a couple of years to get into LSAS, uh, but because of my age, it was it limited me. So my number one would be travel early. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece of advice would be don't exclude any opportunities regardless of the size of winery. Um, it, you know, if boutique is what you want, a very small boutique, I wouldn't discount opportunities at larger wineries where you might have the opportunity to work with different departments from sales and marketing, uh, you know, budgeting, capital, uh, grape supply, grower supply, things like that, um, because it gives you a better broad picture of the entire business and how, you know, how interconnected all the different departments are with each other. Um, That's that's one big thing I took away from my time at Agriculture was, you know, I had that exposure. I worked with multiple departments and I've, you know, got a better understanding from the business side of things and how all those things function. I think that also makes you a better winemaker when you understand the bigger scope. Yeah, you have to make money or you you won't be making wine anywhere. Well, Stephanie, uh, time flies fast. It was really uh, great to catch up with you. uh, And I'm sure that uh, as this uh, pandemic uh, slows down and rolls over, Aurora's Peak Cellar is going to be a busy place all summer. You have the bistro, tasting room, so much that can be done, and so many great pure wines. I've been writing about your wines. The the purity word keeps coming up all the time. So stay at it. You're doing a great job there. And thanks for joining us today. Well, that was Stephanie Stanley. She's the winemaker at Aurorix Peak Cellars. Don't go away. Coming up next, our old friend Sean Everest joins us. He's made a major pivot from the wine business to the real estate business. You won't want to miss it. Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented with the generous support of the agribusiness financial specialists at Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. Join the Black Hills Estate Winery Wine Club to experience the perks of membership with front-of-the-line access to new releases, exclusive limited production wines, and VIP experiences both virtual and in-person. You will always stay connected. Plus, wine club members have access to the Vineyard Guest House overlooking the beautiful valley. To find out more, follow us on Facebook and Instagram or visit us at blackhillswinery.com. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 till 5. Test your wine tasting know-how with their unique black glass blind tasting, where you tell them what's in the glass. For more VIP experiences, Crush Club memberships are also available. Keep up to date with wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. And don't forget, Viradoro Restaurant is now open daily with a new spring menu. For details and reservations, visit tinhorn.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. 
Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest has been on the show many times. Uh, when he was in the wine business, Sean Everest uh, has worked many years at Tinhorn Creek, but uh, in recent years he's made a huge pivot and gone to a very interesting job. He's now a realtor in wine country. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Wonderful. Uh, we're fine. I should say you're with Remax Kelowna, just in case people really want to know how to get a hold of you. Wine to real estate. Did uh, well, how did how did that work out? Did you have the background to get into both industries now? Or yeah, you know what? I uh, I traded in my wine glass for my sold sign. Uh, <laughs> I just decided I'd rather try and help people find a home for life, not just a wine for dinner. <laughs> Sounds good. Right on. Has the lockdown changed the real estate market in the Okanagan? Yeah, I'll tell you what, you guys. Um, we were all uh, a little worried uh, about a year ago, March, April last year. Uh, just things uh, came to a complete grinding halt um, uh, because you know buyers and sellers didn't know what to do. And then um, as we figured it out, um, it just became uh, evident that uh, people's homes were... Uh, such an important part of their lives, and uh, the market has just uh, increased and, and gone crazy ever since then, uh, to a lot of people's surprise. What is it people want? Like, do they go to wine country, or are they going to the Okanagan Valley, or what? what is the attraction now for people moving there? Yeah, I tell you what, I, I think people are... Um, a, uh, realizing that they don't necessarily need to uh, live where they work. There's a lot more uh, telecommuting going on. And um, so they can choose uh, a place that's got the uh, climate and the lifestyle that they'd like to have outside of work. So the Okanagan has been a real uh, benefit of that. Sean, where are the best values in general in the Okanagan? Um, you know what, the... The Okanagan has something for everybody. You know, you guys know that um, the South uh, has smaller, quieter communities of Penticton, Summerland, Oliver, and Asoyus. Uh And then the Central Okanagan is, is for those who want more of the amenities of the bigger city. So, you know, there's, there's values in both places. We are a little bit uh, out of balance right now in terms of supply and demand there are more buyers than there are sellers right now uh, that's partly to do with the seasonality and and partly to do with people just um, needing to get over this COVID hurdle uh, sometimes sellers don't want to have a, a whole bunch of people traipsing through their house so uh, we just don't have as many homes on the market as we'd like to right now and uh what about lakefront? Like people always say to me, I'm going to go to the Okanagan. I want to live on the lakefront. I mean, I, I would love to live on the ocean front here in, in Vancouver, but it's expensive. Uh, I'm a few yeah. blocks off. How, I, I think it's easier because you can see the lake from a lot of spots in the Okanagan. But how, how does that work out, that conversation? Yeah, I mean, lakefront properties are um, are expensive because, you know, there's just not that many of them. But there there are tons of beautiful vistas uh, yeah. with lake views all throughout the Okanagan. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of places where you can enjoy that. So is it more expensive in Kelowna lakefront than it is in, say, um, 
Oliver Asoyas area? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that um, Kelowna is definitely the hub and um, there's a draw. You know, there's been a draw to Kelowna um, for a lot of years, you know, ever since the Coquihalla connector opened up, you know, I yeah. don't know, 30 years or so ago. Um, so, yeah, Kelowna is definitely the hub. Uh, you get close to the airport that's got, um, you know, is a pull for a lot of people. A lot of people want to live within sort of an hour's drive of the airport. But there's so much going on. Like we, we just finished talking to Stephanie Stanley up, up in uh, Lake Country and cars oh, landing. Yeah, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Cars landing and Vernon. People are planting vineyards. So they're, they're, the, the north is really coming alive now. When I mean north, north of the city of Okanagan or the city of uh, Kelowna. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I um, I actually, after I left Tinhorn Creek, I did work up in uh, the Lake Country area for a couple of wineries, and um, I did not know how much was going on up there until I actually was going up there on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, Lake mm-hmm. Country's an awesome place. Where did you live when you were uh, working at Tinhorn Creek? Um, when I became the general manager there, I moved right into the town of Oliver. Before that, I was living in, in Penticton. Uh, but, you know, when you uh, when you get a call at 2 a.m. because uh, the alarm's gone off because, you know, a mouse ran across the winery floor or something like that, <laughs> you want to be close by. So I moved to Oliver uh, back in 2011. I was also thinking that as a realtor, you're well-equipped to uh, give people heads-ups on bird bangers and uh, fans and all kinds of things that go on in the vineyard at the winery. Do you get those kind of questions in wine country? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People want to know what's going on there. And, um, uh, yeah, so with my winery background, I'm I'm able to uh, alleviate those fears that it's not gunshots and it's bird cannons and... uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of things it, because those are going on in the uh, orchard as well. Because there's a lot of uh, you know apple and cherry orchards where the yeah. growers are trying to protect their crop as well. I, I'm always amazed at people who move in beside a winery and then they complain about the trucks in the fall and the noise when the, the harvest and whatever. And I'm thinking, well, you know, what what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think there's a stat that. Um, you know, 50% of the square footage of the city of Kelowna is actually agricultural land. So, you know, we are a really agriculturally based mm-hmm. uh, economy. So the big question we have, uh, everybody in in uh, town in the city of Vancouver wants to move to the country, to the Okanagan. Will they save any money? Is it a straight swap now? Or is uh, how, how would you characterize living uh, down here versus up in the Okanagan? Yeah, definitely your money goes a lot farther up here, uh, without a doubt. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe Kelowna's catching up a little bit, but um, based on average prices that I've seen, uh, you know, you can still uh, sell your home down on the coast or on the island and come up here and put some money in your be- in your pocket and uh, have a beautiful place to live. When somebody arrives in Kelowna and they contact you, what are they looking for? What's the main thing, the benefit that they see to moving to the Okanagan from the city, and and how do you decide where is the best spot for them? Yeah, I think normally I sit down and have a good long conversation before we hop in the car because, 
you know, like I said, the the Okanagan's got some really different aspects to it. So it really depends on what people are looking for. Um, there's uh, there's some great amenities right through the Okanagan. Uh, Penticton has just uh, um, done a major improvement on their hospital, so you don't you don't need to live in Kelowna. Uh, just to be close to the hospital. There's a fantastic hospital down in Penticton as well. Um, But yeah, those are the kinds of things. It depends on the life stage that people are in and and what they're looking for. Um, But yeah, definitely the Okanagan isn't just a a retirement place uh, like it was, you know, 30 years ago. Um, There's just so much going on. Our guest is Sean Everest. He's a realtor at Remax Kelowna out of the wine business. Sean, I guess my question is, okay, maybe I have a few extra bucks and I actually want to buy a place and rent it out or lease it out so that I can at least go for a holiday in the Okanagan. Is that a good option too or is that is that fading? Uh, that's a great option. Um, the uh, vacancy rates here are very low. And so that's uh, an option for people that want to have an investment property as well. Um, we are subject to that same uh, vacancy tax that um, is in a number of you know low low vacancy rate markets throughout the province. Right. Um, but as long as as long as your place is occupied for six months of the year, um, you can stay on the right side of that tax. Yeah. What do you tell people about the winter up there? Um, it depends where they're from. <laughs> That's so, a good uh, point. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, compared to the, the winters of the prairies, um, it's like a dream up here. Um, of course we make ice wine as, as you guys know. So, uh, most, mostly every year we do get, uh, some cold snaps, you know, that are, you know, minus 10 or lower, but, uh, you know, when your buyer's from Regina, they just think that that's an absolute dream. So, yeah, the the, the weathers are mild. They're not coastal. They're not coastal winters, but um, they're not bad. Sean, great to catch up with you uh, to learn just a little bit about the market. I hope we can uh, talk to you later on as you uh, unfold your business across the Okanagan. Sean Everest, of course, a realtor at Remax Kelowna, and uh, nice to have a realtor who knows the wine business inside out. And and uh, so, if you have that sort of thinking that you want to be near a winery or in wine country, or uh, just have a holiday place and rent it out, to uh, be a good guy to chat with. Uh, Sean, thanks so much uh, for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Really great to catch up with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Next time we talk to you, we should talk a bit about wine. <laughs> yeah, we should. I, and you know what? I was I was saddened to hear about the passing of Stephen Spurrier. That uh, that was sad news that came over just recently. Yeah, it sure was. He was a big uh, he was a big backer of British Columbia wine. Actually, he was a big fan of what was going on in BC. Uh, as we all are at the moment. Uh, okay, Sean, thanks so much. we got to take a quick break, but it's great to catch up. Thank you. Great catching up. Thanks, guys. Sean Everest, uh, Realtor Remax uh, Kelowna. You can check him out at uh, sellmyhomekelowna.com if you're uh, thinking about uh, acquiring a place up in wine country. Don't go away. Plenty more coming up. Mark Sheridan, President Hester Creek, joins Casey and I to talk about... Uh, All things Hester Creek and the reopening of the restaurant. The vines are coming alive. It's a busy time in wine country. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. 
overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley. The Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now on the iHeart Radio app. Did you know iHeart Podcast Network, Casey? The iHeart Media is the number one podcast publisher globally. And we're now on it as of today. And we're on it. So you can listen to the show every week. You can just go to iHeartRadio, type in BC Food and Wine Radio, and you'll catch us. Okay, uh, our next guest is Mark Sheridan, born and raised in the Barossa Valley, worked uh, in the Australian wine business for a number of years before uh, heading out to British Columbia. He came as a director of vineyard operations, which is Always surprises me that he is now the president of Hester Creek Winery, and he came out of the vineyards. That is a cool jump in the business. Mark, uh, welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. Thank you. Yeah, great to have you. Do you miss the vineyards, or are you close enough to them that you can keep your eye on them? You know what, Anthony? Uh, the vineyards are always always going to be uh, my passion. Um, great wine, as you know, starts in the vineyard. Um, so, you know, when you have those days now where... Uh, whether uh, you're in your office and uh, things are uh, are uh, piling up, and that the vineyard is the place that I go to uh, back out to to uh, to get that release, to get that perspective, and uh, to uh, to uh, re- rejuvenate. So uh, yeah. vineyard will always have have a special place, particularly uh, particularly the location we have here. Um, our old vines, uh, they're over 50 years old, a lot of them, and. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's a beautiful location to 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 be at. Aren't they the oldest vines in the Okanagan Valley? Yeah, Casey, it, it's really interesting. Um, you know, they uh, uh, our original uh, uh, plantings were planted in 1968, 
and uh, talking to uh, a number of the uh, you know the, the the pioneers of our industry, um, it, it, it appears that we were one of the first vineyards planted, and that really speaks to our location because back in 1968 there were a, a lot of uh, available land that could have been chosen for vineyard, and uh, this you know uh, site on the Golden Mile Bench in the South Okanagan was chosen for a reason um, mm-hmm. because of its suitability to uh, to uh, grapevines. And you, uh, it's interesting because we're going to talk about a wine right now because it ties in. Uh, Trebbiano was planted on that property way back when, when probably no one in Canada even knew what Trebbiano was. And now it turns out to be a stellar wine in your lineup with uh, that every year just delights i mean it's been tweaked in the last 10 years to be a really special white wine it's being released uh, i think this week is this is this the week it's coming out the new vintage that's right yep you're you're, you're spot on there anthony the, the 2020 uh, is is being released uh, uh this week and uh it is a, it's actually a really a really neat story um the uh gentleman who originally uh, planted our, our vineyard was uh, was italian and yeah. uh, so Trebbiano was obviously well known to him, and um, as the uh, as the story goes, he uh, he uh, uh, let's say uh, snuck some cuttings out in a suitcase from Italy <laughs> uh, uh, and planted them on the uh, on the property here again because he was very familiar with uh, with Trebbiano, and um, we feel that. You know, it's part of our history. It's part of our legacy. It speaks to to um, our uh, our old vines, our our, our estate here, and uh, it's really uh, now got a uh, a cult following. Um, all of the uh, you know the, the the fruit comes off of of those old plantings, and um, we're really excited about the 2020 those beautiful you know tropical uh, fruit uh, aromatics yeah um you know bright citrus notes on it uh, just it's a wine that you can have on 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 the patio uh while you're deciding what you're going to drink later that evening or it's a wine that you can um, that that can uh, stand up to food so uh, yeah, uh a, fun a, a really popular part of our portfolio our guest is Mark Sheridan. He's the president of Hester Creek, sort of the quintessential British Columbia wine setup. I mean, you've got a villa, you've got a restaurant, you've got a winery, you've got a visitor center, a cooking school. You uh, are there, there. There aren't many wineries in the world that that have that setup for uh, consumers when they drop by. Do you feel lucky to have this this wide array of things that you can offer people? We are very fortunate uh, with that, Anthony, and, and to be able to, to offer that full estate experience, people can come, they can stay here at, at our villas, they can you know, take in a cooking class in our demonstration cooking kitchen, uh, they can uh, enjoy complimentary live entertainment on our patio in the summer every Saturday afternoon, they can dine at our restaurant. And what, what we're really finding is that People that come here really feel like they're in wine country. When you sit here and you're surrounded by the vineyards, you can walk out to 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 the the block 16 Trebbiano and literally see the vineyard where that mm-hmm. wine that you're tasting comes from. Um, people we find really want a connection to a location, and uh, to be able to offer. Uh, that that full experience is something that's 
unique uh, to Hester Creek and something that um, we're very fortunate to have. Is the restaurant open now, Mark? It is. It is, Casey. So our restaurant opened to uh, coincide with our villa opening for Valentine's Day. So uh, both our villa and restaurant is uh, Terrafina is open now. Uh, Terrafina is open uh, for lunch and dinner Wednesdays through Sundays. And as of May 1st, uh, it'll be open seven days a week. So our season has begun and uh, uh, Chef Adair at uh, Terrafina is... uh, just uh, created some beautiful dishes from our, uh, our fresh local Okanagan produce, and uh, um, we are we are looking forward to uh, to another uh, busy season. Hmm. Uh, Mark, I, I, I didn't want to let this go by, but during COVID, of course, uh, a lot of people haven't been to a winery in a year. Uh, your senior winemaker retired. Uh, uh, Mr. Summers, who was uh, there for such a long time, and now Mark Hopley's in place uh, making the wine. So things have transitioned, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, what do you think of the new winemaker? He's not so new, but uh, the direction that he's going to take the winery in. You know, uh, 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 Rob Summers was uh, was a, a winemaker for a number of years and really uh, uh, liked to uh, extend the credit out to Rob. He he took the uh, Hester Creek, you know, to, to another level. Uh, he's enjoying retirement now. And uh, the great thing, Mark Hopley, our current winemaker, was with us for, boy, I want to say at least six years uh, working mm-hmm. under Rob. And and so, uh, obviously, there's a. It's important to us to have that continuity. Um, but as with anything, uh, it's always good to to have somebody uh, who understands the continuity, but also puts their stamp on the wines as well. So, uh, very fortunate to be able to you know promote from from within our, our company, uh, somebody that we know that we've worked with for a long time, um, that trained under Rob Summers and now Mark is uh, is also I'm sure going to take it to even another level which we're very mm-hmm. excited about. A lot of great wines at Hester Creek. Uh, one of my current favorites though is the Garland. I'm just in love with this wine and it, as it ages the the different vintages they just seem to get better and better. It's a it's really an exquisite wine and a nice uh, a, a really nice bottle for collectors to have a look at that's coming out of Hester Creek. Uh, and I'm Really excited about 2020. I've heard so much about the vintage from everybody. Are you experiencing the same sort of thing from vineyard into the into the fermentation tanks and now uh, some of the early bottlings? We're really excited about the 2020 vintage. Um, it was an interesting year, Anthony. It, it you know it started out colder in 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 the spring, uh, which always gets us a little bit uh, nervous. Uh, but by you know by mid to late June. Uh, temperatures were were uh, above average, and particularly for for our red varieties, you know, which which make up the Garland as, as you've referenced, we mm-hmm. really need those uh, nice warm temperatures to extend into September and early October because those varieties ripen later than other varieties. So we need that warmth to really finish them off. Uh, to, to really get the ripeness, and we certainly got that in 2020. And um, when we look back at the numbers now, it was actually the fifth warmest year in the last two decades, wow. which 
which is yeah, which is really surprising. Um, yet we didn't have the extreme uh, spikes of heat, uh, right. uh, Anthony. We had more, you know, constant heat and that extending into September and early October. So looking at, at our reds, we actually just did a tasting of, uh, of some of our, our, uh, our, our 2020 reds that are obviously in tank and going into barrel. And you know you can already see the the uh, flavour development. You can see that the the, the depth of flavour. Um, we're very excited. I think across the board, uh, the Okanagan Valley in 2020 is going to go down as uh, as an exceptional vintage. We are very excited about it. And and speaking with our colleagues, uh, other wineries, and and uh, we're, we're all feeling the same way. So I think. Uh, Definitely keep 2020 in mind when when the reds are released, uh, and uh, they uh, they will be a standout. Well, what I want to see, Mark, is I want to see myself in one of the villas <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, you know uh, it's beautiful as you've been on our on our estate here, and yes. we're looking forward to having you again here in in in, in a few months' time. Um, but uh, the view, the view from up there is—I mean, you're looking—you know—you're you're elevated up above our, our vineyard. Um, you're looking down over the vineyard. Um, you, you can, you know, see down in, into a Soyuz Lake, right into Washington State. It's a—it's a beautiful location, and and I think that we, um, you know, we, we we sometimes take it for granted that just the, the beautiful uh, uh, terroir and the vineyard locations that that we have here in the Okanagan. Um, you've referenced, you know, I came from the Barossa Valley and 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 wine regions, other wine regions in in Australia. But uh, you know, I pinch myself in springtime when you, when our shoots. It's going to happen here pretty shortly. You know, our, our, our buds burst and our shoots on our vine are just a few inches long, and you've got those beautiful crisp mornings. You've still got the snow up on the mountains up high, and uh, we we are very fortunate. You are. And I want you to stop because I have to go home to my high-rise. <laughs> <laughs> well, it won't be that long, and and and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll have you we'll out We'll be up there. So, uh, yeah. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today and uh, getting us pumped. Uh, there's a lot of pent-up uh, demand to get back to the Okanagan. We can't wait to get up there as soon as we can. Thank you, sir. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Mark Sheridan, President, Hester Creek Estate Winery. We'll take a quick break. Uh, still more to come. Uh, we're going to head down south to the Watermark Beach Resort for a quick update on rooms and availability for the early part of this spring. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. 
Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, they're featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday from 11 till 5 this winter. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Location, location, location. If you've made up your mind to finally take that big step and move to the beautiful Okanagan, keep in mind that you don't have to do it alone. The right real estate agent can make all the difference. Let Sean Everest of Remax Kelowna be your trusted advisor as you embark on this exciting new chapter. I'm Sean Everest. I raised my family here and you can too. Visit seaneverest.com and let me help you on your move. And welcome to the Okanagan. I'm sure you're going to love it. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Shout out to our listeners all across uh, the Easy Rock stations in British Columbia. As they say, nothing goes better with a little Easy Rock than a glass of wine. Our next guest is uh, Stuart Hart. He's the Director of Sales and Marketing from our home away from home, the Watermark Beach Resort, when we're in the South Okanagan. Uh, great to catch up with you today, Stuart. How are you? Good. I'm very well, thank you. Good to be back on the show. First time this year. And, uh, yeah. yeah, things are good down here in the South Okanagan. And you've yeah, got a lot time, happening. Last time we were talking yeah, about winter. It seems like spring. I know. We've just gone straight into it. No, it's good. It's um, We've had a, a, a fairly solid winter with snowbirds, um, as has the destination. Um, we've got a, um, a a big renovation going on with our restaurant, which is very exciting. We've got some spring promotions out there. We're adapting to the weddings market based on restrictions. So, yeah, it's good. Good, uh, good momentum going forward. Let's uh, let's start with the restaurant. What is going on? We hear there's big changes. Yep, there's um, phys- a lot of physical renovations going on at the moment in the restaurant. Um, it is due to reopen as it stands, um, April 9th, second week of April. Hopefully, um, we seem to be on track. As as with every renovation project, there's uh, there's spanners in the work sometimes, but it, it all seems good. Um, so there's there's physical things going on. There's uh, Chef Nick is working hard. He dedicated the month of March to uh, developing new menus, testing the menus. Um, working with his staff on that, working with the ownership group on the um, the theme of the restaurant. Uh, I can't, like a lot of these things, I can't reveal too much at the moment. We'll be back <laughs> okay. with you next month to do so. But yeah, it's exciting times. So it, it's it's physical, it's thematical, it's the offering is quite different. It's quite a departure from what the wine bar has offered for the last 11 years so yeah. or 12 years as the case may be so um whoever's from whoever's familiar with it will will notice significant change and what about the weddings i'm very interested in where that's going as far as how many people can you have at a wedding now i know things are way cut back with covid but as- no, that's a good point. No, you're, you're absolutely correct, Casey. Uh, as things stand, um, from a local perspective, you can have a, a ceremony of up to 10 people. Um, we are hoping, as a result, 
Um, and I know that there's um, other uh, industry associations who think similar things that we are hoping that the restrictions lift that we can um, host 50 people weddings this coming summer because we have still have a few weddings on the books for this year. Um, some people have cancelled, unfortunately. Some people have postponed until next year. Yeah, it's been it's been a juggling act, um, but we've been uh, we've been good with all our clients. Um, we've been flexible, so we're we're really focusing on hopefully engaging or hosting, I should say, up to 50 people weddings. We've just put a promotion out for uh, elopement packages and micro weddings, which is a uh, an all-in package that includes everything. It's, uh, yeah, so we're, we're just really adapting to the market, adapting to the restrictions, adapting to the times, um, trying to do the right thing by our clients. So, yeah, it's, um, weddings are a um, obviously a highly emotional thing for the right reasons. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we just want, just want to get it right. Well, we've yeah. had some pretty emotional moments at the watermark. Yeah, <laughs> all I good, would say I so. Yes, cooking... Yeah. You know, cooking in the room. We, I think, I set the alarm off, the fire alarm off once, and oh no! And uh, we've had some oh, yes. amazing times on the patio with on the patio. You know, Tony oh, yeah. ordering from the wine list, which has been wonderful, and uh, and just walking the beachfront there, like uh, you know, you have that great pool, but you also have a lake right in front of you with uh, with uh, a lot of access to. So it's it's such a great place to set up, and of course, the town is really taken off in the last ten years too. The town of Osoyoos, lots of lots of activities there, and more and more people getting involved in the local uh, businesses. Uh, it's a great place to be. You're you're on you're at the perfect spot, I would say. I would say there are there are worse places to be to see this all through. <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah. Summer's looking good. We've been talking to people saying there's a lot of pent-up demand. So what should people do? Do they need to make a reservation now? Or should they be afraid to make a reservation for the summer or the fall? Or how is that working? Yeah, so, so yeah, the, uh, for, the, for the peak summer months, we are already quite busy. Uh, or very busy, I should say. So um, we've certainly seen an extension to from the summer into September, yep. especially as the year goes on. Um, I think it's going to be, um, although we, we we all know a lot more about how to, how to handle this situation, um, the status quo is quite similar. Um, I think there was a lot of people who checked out of a Soyuz last summer and uh, rebooked as they were checking out. So that's been an interesting one. So the destination is going to be, again, popular. It'll be busy. We obviously, we've got our current restrictions are local. Hopefully that extends into the spring to become the region, as in the interior. And then as we get into summer, then it will be hopefully provincial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what well, I mean, I, I think really when this all started, my my thought was whatever it may be, whether it's um, a resort hotel, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a golf course, reserve, reserve, reserve is the is the key word. Key word. It's pre-planning. Pre-planning is is key. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, by the way, folks, just go to watermarkbeachresort.com and you can book directly from their site there and see what's available uh, in the coming summer. Can't wait to get up there, Stuart. Uh, stay 
safe. We'll see you soon. We'll be broadcasting up there as soon as we get the clearance ourselves, and uh, we'll be ready to go, get back to our home away from home. Excellent. Look forward to it. I'll see you in May. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much. Stuart Hart, he's the Director of Sales and Marketing at the Water March Beak Resort. Uh, we got to run, Casey. That's it for this week and the show. We hope you're all uh, enjoyed the show today. Don't forget, you can listen to the podcast now on iHeartRadio, the iHeart Podcast Network, uh, the largest in the world, has our show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.